Welcome to the Retirement Risk Show, the best retirement interviews and advice with Dave Hall. Learn strategies to help you reduce and even eliminate the risks facing your retirement. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. My name's Dave Hall. I am your host. We are here another week talking about how we can get you safely through retirement, discussing those various risks that you're going to face through those retirement years and what impact they can have on helping you uh, run out of money sooner than you'd like to. What we find is 68% of America is afraid they're going to run out of money. 50% of them actually are. And we want to make sure that you are on the upside to where you've got some money left when you get through those retirement years. Today, we're going to be talking primarily about tax rate risk. We will cover maybe some other risks that I cover in the flagship presentation I teach, Getting Safely Through Retirement. But to help me today, I brought in the king of power of zero, the king of tax-free, the expert out there that's written the best-selling book, The Power of Zero, and been a great mentor of mine. That's David McKnight. Dave, welcome to the show. Thanks, Dave. Thanks for having me. Dave, before the show, we were talking a little bit about your background and something that's popped into my mind is I've never gone clear back to the beginning. I know that you've written the best-selling book. I know that for years now, you've been talking about the fact taxes are going up, but you started way before society realized there could be a future tax problem. Can you talk a little bit about the beginning days with us here today? I started my career back when there was never any any real discussion over there being a debt problem or possibility that tax rates in the future could be dramatically higher than they are today. I started in the financial services industry in 1997. And you know, it's interesting, Bill Clinton in the State of the Union 1997, he gets up in front of the country and says, hey, look, I got some good news. The national deficit this year simply is zero. So <laughs> we went from that to former comptroller of the general government, David Walker, in 2008. You know, he basically takes a look at that clip and he says, well, those days are gone, right? We went from almost no debt to back in 2008, I think we had $10 uh, trillion of debt to 2020, where we had about $21 trillion of debt to 2023, where we've got $31 trillion of debt. So I started my career off, you know, at a period in time when there was never any discussion as to whether tax rates would stay relatively stable for the foreseeable future. I sort of started off just with this normal financial paradigm, in a normal traditional financial paradigm. And then I started to really dig into the work of David Walker, who, like I said, he, you know, as, as a comptroller general of the federal government, he knows more about these numbers than just about anyone else on the planet. And he was basically looking at the books. He has access to all the numbers. He say, look, we are on this unsustainable trajectory. And he says, for every year that we don't postpone doubling taxes, the national debt will grow by $2 trillion per year on average until we hit this unsustainable moment in time when nearly all of the tax revenue coming into the U.S. Treasury will go only to pay for interest and in all that debt, let alone the cost of running government, let alone any entitlement. So as I became aware of this, I, I realized, although there was no immediate crisis that there would be a crisis. Uh, an entire generation of baby boomers who had squirreled away the lion's share of their savings in 401ks and IRAs had a tax freight train that was bearing down on them. Because David Walker didn't say if tax rates, rates go up, he says that when they go up and they have to go up or we go bankrupt as a nation. And so uh, I, I really you know, sort of pivoted in my career where I started to raise a warning cry about this, you know, this threat of higher taxes. I actually created a whiteboard presentation where you have three buckets, taxable, tax-deferred, tax-free. Most people have the lion's share of their savings in taxable and tax-deferred. They got to get it to tax-free. It started off as like a couple-minute presentation, quickly 
evolved into about an hour presentation back in 2014, I decided to commit that presentation to book format. And that's where we get the power of zero. And I basically, people say, how long did it take to write the power of zero? It took a couple of days. I just regurgitated the presentation onto paper. Boom, you got a book. And I, I rounded it out. I put some other stuff in there. And before I knew it, I had a book, threw it out on Amazon, crossed my fingers. And before I knew it, sold a couple hundred thousand copies and sort of sparked this this sort of tax-free revolutions. It's interesting. I just got an email today saying that the new webinar, the new presentation is the new book that, that should go the other way around. And what we see is you go back to yourself. I know I talked to David Walker on the podcast not too long ago, and that's how he made his recent book, America 2040, still a superpower. It was a course that he had put together to teach you to college. And he said, look, it's all here. Let's just turn it into a new book and, and double down on the things they talked about in the original book back in 2008. What was the general feelings of the market when you brought this out? Again, we were in a period of very low tax rates, uh, only a few other times in history that they'd ever been lower as you're out there crying that, Wolf, that, hey, we've got a problem that's going to be facing us 20, 30 years from now. When I started talking about this, they had just, not only were tax rates not going up, they had just lowered tax rates. They went from 39.6 under Bill Clinton to the highest marginal tax rate under the um, budget reconciliation tax cuts under George Bush. They went from 39.6 to 35. All the other tax rates sort of ratcheted down accordingly. So people were telling me I was out of my mind. Not only are tax rates going up, but uh, tax rates are actually going down. So it seemed to run counter to everything that I was predicting and everything that I was preaching. But what they didn't know was that lowering those taxes, you know, generally like the idea of low taxes because it can stimulate the economy, but the tax cuts have to be paid for somehow. And it actually added to the debt over time. And so now we're in a position where having kicked the can down the road, we have much more debt than we otherwise would have. We've got $31 trillion. I just saw the most recent CBO report. It says we're going to be averaging $2 trillion of debt per year, each and every year for the next 10 years. So by 2033, we're going to have about $53 trillion of debt, which is fast approaching this point in time when all of the revenue flowing into the U.S. Treasury under today's tax rates will be mostly consumed buy Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, and interest on the national debt. I know part of the original push was around January 1st, 2026, because that's when the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act expires that was put in by President Trump back in 2017. But as I've listened to some of what you've taught, I know as I've been out there looking around the industry, 2026 may not be the big year we need to worry most about. What are your thoughts as we look out to 2030, maybe even 2033 now with some of these numbers that are facing us from a debt side in the future? Whatever politicians think about renewing the Trump tax cuts, the reality is if they don't renew them, the tax rates are going to go up on the middle class, people that are currently in the 22 and 24% tax bracket. And that's going to be perceived by a large swath of Americans as a tax increase. And so if Congress can't somehow find a way to, at the very least, extend the Trump tax cuts for middle-class America, which means people that are largely in the 22 and 24% tax bracket, it's, it's going to be it's perceived as a, as a tax increase, and nobody wants to have their name attached with that type of perception. So I believe that between now and 2024, that Congress is likely to extend the Trump tax cuts for the middle class, they will raise taxes on everybody above the 24% tax bracket. And I think they'll do it for eight years, which means that we have either eight or nine years from today, in my best estimation, in which to enjoy 
uh, historically low tax rates. But the problem is by cutting taxes today, once again, we're kicking the can down the road. I mean, David Walker's always said, you have to double taxes, reduce spending by half or some combination of the two. And if you do neither of those things, you actually cut taxes, then you're snowballing, you're compounding the problem on the back end. And so come 2030, 2031, there's people that are predicting we could have a depression, the likes of which we haven't seen since the 1930s. So a lot of heavy stuff that's coming down the pike here. And it's not my opinion. These are a lot of economists have, have agreed with me that entitlement programs could bankrupt America. I do a lot of educating on Social Security. And part of that is trying to help people figure out that it is going to be there in the future, even though it's struggling right now. But one of the recent statistics that came out on that was that if we were to raise taxes now from an employer and employee side, it would be 3.24%. But every year we wait, it's going to be higher. If we wait until 2035, when the program's only able to pay 80% of the benefits, we're going to be in the 4 or 5% rate to be able to fix that problem. More than 50% of CPAs will run out of money in retirement, and this number is projected to grow because of risks like inflation, increased longevity, and rising healthcare costs. Retirement Risks Advisors has the perfect solution to help CPAs make their money last as long as they do. Learn more by signing up for our flagship webinar, Getting Safely Through Retirement. In this webinar, we share the top 10 financial risks CPAs will face in retirement and what can be done to reduce or eliminate each risk. To get started, visit retirementriskadvisors.com safe. Dave, I know part of the process, obviously, is Roth conversions, Roth contributions. They're great accounts that are out there to help us get money paid into the tax coffers today so that we can have that tax-free growth in the future. Another product out there is the IUL, the Index Universal Life Insurance Policy. Ed Slot refers to it as the best loophole in the IRS code, which he's a CPA that spent his life educating on retirement and these type of topics. Uh, any thoughts you have on the product or, or what people should do to really help themselves get into this tax-free environment going forward? Yeah, I, I love to talk about, you know, Ed Slot did say cash value life insurance is the single greatest benefit in the IRS tax code. And certainly index universal life, you know, falls under that rubric. But really, there's lots of different nooks and crannies in the IRS tax code that I tell people that they should take advantage of. And they all have unique attributes and characteristics that make them sort of this integral part of a balanced, comprehensive approach to tax-free retirement. So you got your Roth 401ks. Those are great because you get a match. You get Roth IRAs. Those are great because you have instant access to them. The IUL does have some unique attributes that make it attractive for people that are in a certain net worth bracket and range that makes it an attractive complement to all these other Roth types of accounts. And one of which is that your money is growing safely and productively. I mean, if you could get 5 to 7% net of fees over time without taking any more market risks than what you're accustomed to taking in your savings account, that's a pretty safe and productive way to grow at least a portion of your retirement savings. In fact, I've often said, if you reach into your portfolio, you remove the bonds, you replace them with index universal life insurance, you'll increase your overall return, lower your overall risk and lower the standard deviation of your entire portfolio. So that's pretty compelling, but that's not the only part because it's a life insurance contract. There's a death benefit that doubles as long-term care, which means that should somewhere down the road, you're, you're no longer able to perform two of six activities of daily living, you can receive your death benefit in advance of your death for the purpose of paying for long-term care. So give you an example, say you got a $400,000 death benefit. You wake up one day, you can no longer feed yourself, bathe yourself, transfer yourself, what have you. Find one doctor to write one letter to that effect. They will start sending you 25% of that death benefit per year, every year for four years for the purpose of paying for long-term care. So if you got a $400,000 death benefit, they'll start sending you $100,000 per year for four years. And you can use that to pay for long-term care. Now they may discount 
that $100,000 per year slightly based on the age in which you receive the benefit. But the point is this, they're willing to give you your death benefit while you're alive for the purpose of paying for long-term care. And so that really is something that makes the LIRP different than all of the other streams of tax-free income that we talk about, Roth IRAs, Roth 401ks, Roth conversions. Yes, it's tax-free. Yes, it grows safely and productively. But the thing that really sets it apart is it's got that death benefit that you can spend in advance of your death for the purpose of paying for long-term care. And if you should pay, 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 pay for 30 years and die peacefully in your sleep, never having needed long-term care, guess what? Someone's still getting a death benefit, probably your kids or your grandkids. So there isn't that sensation of having paid for something you hope you never have to use. Absolutely. You brought up a lot of things, Dave, that I know through social media right now, there are a lot of people that have differing opinions on, even from a 401k side, whether that should be something that you should have, to Roth products, whether you should be investing money in those or taking all your money and putting it in IUL, to a Dave Ramsey who's out there saying, you know, don't buy an IUL, that they're junk, you should be buying term insurance and investing the difference. You've gone on a crusade to try to debunk these. You put out a ton of videos as of late to address these issues that are being put out there in hopes of educating people on the truth about many of these products. Maybe we can start with one of these and work our way through. I know there's some push right now to get rid of the 401k and you've done a few videos for this. Can you give us just your general thoughts of why it's still a good investment and why we still should be putting money in there? Okay. When it comes to the 401k, I I don't love the idea of the traditional 401k. And, And the reason why I don't love the traditional 401k is because you are essentially going into a business partnership with the IRS. And every year they get to vote on what percentage of your profits they get to keep. Not a very good business partnership. So you could have a million dollars in your 401k. But unless you can accurately predict what tax rates are going to be in the year you take that money out, you don't really know how much money you have. And it's pretty hard to plan for retirement when you don't know how much money you have. Now, I will say this, two additional points. It's okay to have some money and your tax-deferred bucket, be it a 401k or IRA at retirement. Why? Because when you retire, all of your other deductions will be gone, and the IRS will give you a deduction. It's called a standard deduction. If you retire today uh, as a married couple, it's $27,700. What does that mean? That means you could experience income from any number of sources up to $27,700 without paying any tax at all. So that standard deduction offsets that income. So it's, it's important to have some money in a 401k or IRA at retirement, but you don't want to have all your money. 401k. Now, when it comes to 401k, the thing that I really like is a Roth 401k because it allows you to grow your money in a tax-free way. You can distribute the money in the tax-free way, shields you from the impact of higher taxes. And when you take money out, it, it does not count as provisional income. It does not count against the thresholds, which cause social security taxation. And so Roth 401ks are true tax-free investments. And so it's one of the streams of tax-free income that we typically recommend that our clients have. We look at it like building a house, that you've got to have a lot of tools, a lot of different resources to make that house stand, and the same thing with your retirement. Many of these, there's nothing wrong or bad about them. It's just you need to use them in moderation, maybe, or or allocate them appropriately to get yourself where you really want to be. One of the other things that we're seeing out there, Dave, is many people that are even suggesting that they should have all their money moved out of those Roth accounts and put it into an IUL product. Just take it completely off the board, not just uh, don't invest in it, but let's remove all the money that's already there. What are some of your thoughts on that? Well, the the Roth accounts have so many positive attributes. I mean, they've got high contribution limits, particularly when we're talking about the Roth 401k. The money grows tax-free, take it out tax-free. It doesn't count as provisional income, which means it doesn't count against the thresholds, which cause 
Social Security taxation is a great way to shield yourself from the impact of higher taxes. You can invest in the stock market, which will, you know, it's going to give you that 8 to 10% growth rate net of fees over a long period of time. So that's great, particularly for the younger investors. When people come and they say you should take all of your money out of those Roth accounts and put them into, for example, an index universal life policy, I think index universal life is great for the right person in the right scenario, but it's not so great that you should remove all of your money from all of your other valuable tax-free accounts that have great qualities and put all your eggs into the IUL baskets. If anybody ever tries to do that, that should, you know, that should be the first sign that they probably have an agenda and that's probably sell you a life insurance policy so they can make a commission. Now, there's nothing wrong with making a commission. A lot of times that's what makes the world go round. But if all they ever talk about is IUL, they're probably a life insurance salesman. And you probably don't want to hand your life savings over to a life insurance salesman who all they have is a hammer and everything looks like a nail. Yeah, we definitely want to make sure we've got a diversified portfolio, including these products, uh, whether it be the insurance, annuity, the principal protected products we talk about in our webinars, whether it be that Roth account, the right amount in your traditional account. We don't have time to go through that discussion here. Those of you that listen to the podcast on a regular basis know that you can leave money inside that traditional account and should to take advantage of that standard deduction. Dave, I'd like to spend a little time as we wrap things up here talking about Dave Ramsey and some of his claims of saying, look, you should just buy term and invest the difference. No reason to buy permanent insurance. What is that based upon? And then should we give any credit to what he's telling us there? You know, I, I, like, to, I like Dave Ramsey. I think 95% of the time he's right on with his recommendations. But you have to remember that Dave Ramsey's audience are a huge swath of Americans that maybe makes 70000 but they spend seventy five every year. That's who he's addressing. And, you know, back in the day, he was sold a whole life policy. Whole life policy is not probably my first choice for an LIRP type plan, but he got sold a whole life policy. And if they're structured the wrong way, yeah, you know, it might take you 10 years just to break even. So he got sold one of those policies and got really disenchanted with permanent life insurance overall. And so now he paints everything with a really broad brush and any sort of cash value life insurance, no ands, ifs, or buts, no matter how it's structured, okay, no matter what your goals in life are, he says, if you have a cash value life insurance policy, you are to surrender it immediately. No questions asked, unless you've got some sort of health problem where you would lose the death benefit. He says, surrender it immediately and buy term insurance. Now, I think this is an incredibly reductive way to approach the whole subject of cash value life insurance, tax-free retirement, so on and so forth. Here's the the fact. I've I've done a couple of uh, videos on my own YouTube channel where I actually go through the numbers. And what Dave Ramsey maintains is that because the fees tend to be higher in the early years of the IUL program that they're high throughout the entirety of the program. And the reality is after the first 10 years, those fees drop like the rock to the point where by the time you get to the 25th year of the policy, the internal fees are going to have averaged less than a typical 401k. By the time you get deep into your retirement years, they will have cost you about half a percent per year. Contrast that with the Smart Vester Pro, these are Dave Ramsey advisors, that he's recommending you talk with who are going to charge you 1.5% per year when they manage your money. So the, the truth is, if you structure the policy the right way, even including the term insurance, you know, on the Dave Ramsey side, if you structure the policy the right way and you hold it 
throughout your entire life, because these things are designed to be held throughout your entire life, until death do you part, that the expenses are actually much lower than what Dave Ramsey is recommending. And, and so I've done a, a bunch of different videos that sort of lay out all the math behind that. And I think when people see the math, that it really vindicates the whole approach. And so Dave Ramsey is not interested in nuanced explanations. He's interested in one-size-fits-all explanations. And that's the Dave Ramsey marketing approach. And he does not take into consideration the fact that taxes are going to be higher in the future. You're going to be in a position to where you're going to take a lot of that investment money and have to put it in a taxable bucket that in the future could require you to pay substantially more than what you would pay today if you were to take that risk off the table and get it into the product. But again, all part of a well-balanced plan. That's why we talk so much about our planning. That's why we talk so much about sitting down with us and going through the process so that you can get all the pieces on the chessboard laid out exactly where they need to be to give you the optimal success. And then from there, we start implementing those strategies, getting everything put in place so you have a retirement you can live with. Dave, it's been great to have you on the show today. Let's uh, give the listeners uh, some information on how they can get access to your content. Great content that we've learned from and love to have our people that listen to us be able to get access to it as well. Yeah, best best way to learn more about me is just to go to my YouTube channel. It's uh, The Power of Zero. And uh, we put out three videos a week. So we're always giving you the latest on uh, economic environments, tax-free strategies, so on and so forth. So. Listeners, thank you so much for joining us today. Join us again next week where we'll be back talking about those risks that are going to eat up your retirement and possibly cause you to run out of money and die broke. And that's today's episode. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to wherever you get your podcast. We come out with a new episode every Friday morning and you don't want to miss it. The Retirement Risk Show is a production of the Retirement Risk Advisors. Our show was produced by C.R. Talin and Autumn Koenig. If you're a CPA looking for more retirement education, visit retirementriskadvisors.com.